This is your guide to succeeding as an entrepreneurial leader. Whether you're in business, a parent, or part of a community project, we can all be entrepreneurial leaders. With your host, Jeanette Seibley, the Leadership Results Coach, and a variety of experts in leadership, you'll learn how to create extraordinary work and life results, stand up and speak up, make more money and have more fun, and get out of your own way. The biggest challenge is we don't like to ask for help and get stuck as do-it-yourselfers. Well, not anymore. Now here's your host, Jeanette Seibley, ready to help you become a successful entrepreneurial leader. Welcome. This is Jeanette Seibley, the Leadership Results Coach. Many of you as entrepreneurial leaders may be finding yourselves unemployed or underemployed and wondering what to do next, especially if you didn't or don't like your current job or your previous job, or you have adventures you want to pursue, but you need that paycheck. My guest today has used side hustles and gig work to find work he enjoys, pay his bills, and have adventures too. He builds new opportunities with each job. Um, so my guest today is Bobby Crew, and he's going to share three key factors that have made a big difference in his employability. He has found that these key traits will either create or hurt your next opportunity. To be transparent, he is my virtual assistant and has helped me sell more books through social media efforts. As you know, by listening to my podcast, I love to share a personal quote that is meaningful to my guests. And here's the one from Bobby Crew. Positive relationships plus good work equals new opportunities. Bobby, welcome. Hello, Jeanette. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, and thank you for being here and sharing your adventures of using side hustles and gig work to create full and part-time employment opportunities. I heard that you even took time to live in New York City for a month and kept your business going. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get started in all of this? So uh, when um, internships um, I mean, that's always what I recommend for any person that I meet that's still in college is do as many internships as you can. And I did three internships when I was in school, um, one related to teaching, one related to um, working for a magazine as junior editor, and then finally one with um, the book shepherd known as uh, Judith Briles for Author U, which is a nonprofit author resource organization. And um, that creates a community of authors um, and we teach people how to publish and book market successfully and how to um, grow their following and things like that. And after interning at Author U, Judith Briles hired me on and um, as her assistant. And I've worked with her for seven years now, I think. Time goes by really fast. Yeah. And um, through this organization, I've met many authors from all over who are writing in so many different genres. And um, I've been able to meet and network with people 
um, all over who are doing the same things that I want to do as I'm an author myself. I write horror. Um, and um, so that's kind of how I got into the side gig thing. I mean, I was always working more than one job. Um, like even in college, I worked two jobs and I had an internship and I was still taking classes. So it was wow. a lot. Um, and what and, kind of jobs um, were you working? I was working at restaurants. Um, oh, I've, okay. I've worked in restaurants for a long time. Um, and I've done serving, bartending. I was a manager for a fine dining restaurant for a while as well. Um, I've done event planning and event coordinating um, things like that. And um, I guess, I mean, I would say that's um, also been kind of a cool thing to keep having, you know, keep going back to as far as if I ever need extra money, um, there's opportunities for doing things in, um, you know, working for private events or, you know, picking up shifts at a restaurant or bartending shifts every now and then for extra money. Um, so it's always nice to just have like something to fall back on if you do ever need some extra cash or things like that. Well, and I think that's really important, particularly for the people who are listening today, because a lot of times we think we can, we have to just focus on one or something is beneath us, or that's going to take up too much time or something like that. And to me, it sounds like you have this attitude of can do, I can get this done and I'm going to make sure my bills are paid and things <laughs> of that nature. But also, and, and the one thing that I really been aware of and working with you um is your focus on creating what's next and so i think that's really really important because a lot of people don't do that i mm -hmm. think they miss out on some key traits that make a difference on whether somebody even wants to bring them back because sometimes they hurt themselves right like they shoot themselves in the foot yeah so what are the three tips that you recommend to our to my listeners that help you achieve your success. So what would be the first tip? So my first tip would be create lasting impressions with those around you. Um, take time to get to know people that you're working with, people that come into your office, get to know your clients, um, make lasting impressions. Like even in working in restaurants, um, we had a huge regular base and I would do what I can to remember little things about people um, and including like, you know, their names, sometimes things that they've ordered, ask them about their day. We'd get into all kinds of, you know, talk about like things in their lives and you kind of just get to know people over time. Um, also with your coworkers, like working with, um, like working at the last restaurant that I was at, I built great relationships with every single person that worked there from my um, the servers, bartenders, to the kitchen people and management and even the owners. Um, so that when they did ask me to come up, become a manager, um, the entire staff was just ecstatic that I was the new manager. Um, like there was no like jealousy or like animosity or anything at all. And when the owner actually came in to visit to see how things were going, he told me it was the smoothest manager transition he's ever seen before because the entire staff already loved me. And they were ecstatic that I was going to be their manager and I worked well with them and I had just like staff loyalty and just like a really great team to work with. Um, so just building relationships like that and building relationships with um, any networking opportunities you have um, with author you. I got to meet so many authors and I would 
get their books, read their books, um, get to know what they're doing for their next projects and try and help encourage them in ways that I could to um, do little specific things in book marketing as far as um, growing your social media list or your email lists and things like that. And the more people that I got to know um, and built those relationships with once we kind of announced to the group that I was going to be working with other authors. Now I had like a flood of people running to me because I'd already pre-built those relationships just in my everyday work life. Well, that you did. Cause I was one of them. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, good, good job. Really. <laughs> and it doesn't take away from like building relationships is key, but it's also when you're at work, staying focused on the job and not letting your mind wander to other things or think about other things but also three, some areas that I think sometimes people forget is to show up on time, to mm -hmm. deliver on time and be customer focused. I know you've gotten a lot of business because you are customer focused. And I think that's, that's a trait that not a lot of people have. So why do you think you have that trait? Um, well, I mean, it's definitely chaotic working with so many people at one time. And kind of the only way to survive is to kind of get organized and structure the way that you work with people when you're working with so many people at once. And um, so I'd say the best way to do that is to get into a routine with your clients and which is harder to do for some people than others um, because there's some people where you try to get into a routine and it just does not, it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> either they can't keep up with it or they just change things constantly. Um, so you kind of have to just be very adaptable to working with different people. When you're working with so many people, um, working with one person one way might not work with another person another way. And sometimes you have to like keep them organized and remind them, hey, I need you to send me these things. It's Wednesday, you've got a newsletter coming out and it's Wednesday and I still don't have it. So what would you like to do today? <laughs> um, so it's organizing yourself and then also sometimes trying to organize your clients um around what they want to do or you take initiative and say hey i know that you needed this so i just went ahead and did this for you with your time to make your life a little easier so just really kind of anticipating your clients needs and doing good work i mean continuing to learn your craft and to continue like i i like i love learning new skills so anytime i have an opportunity to do something new um i jump on it because the more tools and things I can add to my list, um, the more valuable I am to my clients. So, I mean, it started mostly with social media and newsletters, but then it's grown into, you know, Amazon campaigns, growing your email list through giveaways, um, doing bestseller campaigns, and, um, and um, now even doing podcasts and things like that. Um, so the more things that I can do, the more valuable I am and the more money I can make and the more clients I get. Well, and I think that's valuable advice because a lot of times we, we're not, we, we come very myopic and how we look at, you know, we have like blinders, you know, on our, like a horse with a blinder on. And of course that maybe some people may not know what I'm talking about, but it's like putting like your hands up by your eyes so you can't see around and that's what gets you in trouble. And Having worked with you, Bobby, I know that you don't do that. You don't have blinders on. You're very open to seeing what else might be done, which leads us to tip number two. And you just mentioned it, learn your craft. So tell us a little bit more about that. 
So, um, practice. Um, I mean, so like when you, you know, like when you're, you have your specific tasks in a job, um, get really good at those, um, do them well, but then start trying to learn new things. Um, when, you know, sometimes at, when you're working and they throw out like a new, you know, tasks or more jobs, people shy from them because they don't want to do more work. Um, but the reality is it, when you learn new skills, you become more valuable and whether you're staying at that job or not, you carry those skills onto the next job. And so the more things that you can learn that are related to the field, um, the better you are. And then working with different people, figuring out what their needs are, where sometimes they might have a need um, that they might need something that you haven't done before. And then if you're able to be like, hey, I can figure out how we can do that and get that to work. People love you for that. Um, and it's like, you know, like it's a, it's a new idea and it's like, you know what, we can figure this out. We can get this done. It makes you look more reliable. Um, and then when you learn that skill, you just add that onto your list of things you can do for other people. You add that to your list on your resume and you just, you just continuously grow and add value to your clients. And then again, the more things that you're able to do, the more people will want to work with you. And then the more you can kind of be like a catch-all be all for um, a person in different scenarios. When I think it also, I think what you're also pointing to is that you, you've never considered yourself above somebody else. So if you're a server and the table needs to be cleared, you clear the table. You mm -hmm. don't wait for somebody else to come and do that for you. And I think that's the other key is be easy to work with. So if you're learning your craft, be easy to work with. I remember one time um, attempting to hire a virtual assistant. This was years ago. And you could tell she really didn't want to. And mm -hmm. it was like one of those things where I just, it was like one of those things I just needed something done. It wasn't urgent. And she goes, well, how long do I have before I have to have this done? And you knew right then and there that this was for sure wasn't going to work out. She <laughs> gave her the deadline. But uh -huh. what's fascinating is that kind of attitude. And I've, you know, stayed connected with this person on Facebook. And this person's always looking for more work hmm. because they haven't done a great job on building, you know, learning their craft. Mm -hmm. And then lending itself to tip three, which is building a good reputation. So tell us more about how to do that. Like, and tell a personal story. You know, I'm sure you've got a, a bunch of stories, but tell us a personal <laughs> story how you did that. Like maybe you had adversity and it's like, you <laughs> overcame that because I know you've got some. <laughs> um, For sure. I mean, um. <laughs> should they keep this in the author field or the restaurant field or like what kind of story are we looking for um <laughs> let's go well, I, you know let's i mean i'm sure you've had a difficult customer as a server oh absolutely just drove you up the wall <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, i mean that happens all the time um you kind of just have to bite your tongue and be kind and also listen um listening is key. Like a lot of the times if they just feel like they're not heard, then that's the problem as far as like dealing with guests and things like that. Um, I mean, 
I would say that my biggest issues were with the new owner of the restaurant after I was there um, and him not listening to people and having to kind of overcome that adversity when I have a whole staff to support um, as one of his managers and kind of having to communicate your point across to them um, to try and like protect your staff. And once, um, you know, once you both actually listen to each other and you can kind of get that point across as like, hey, these things are hurting staff. These things can make things better. Um, and if, if you present it in a way that's not too aggressive, um, but like actually like listen and communicate, then, you know, even a restaurant owner can change a policy that helps um, that helps your staff in, and makes things a better environment for work. Um, well, and, so, and again, you're, you're there, you're there yeah. to support the owners. But mm-hmm. in, in this case, you're also there to support the other servers, but you're also yeah. there to support the customers Definitely. and the cooks and the bus <laughs> per- people and, That's you know, everybody. <laughs> so it's like that really fine line you have to walk. And I think sometimes yeah. people don't know how to build a reputation Mm-hmm. and walk that fine line and i know having been in human resources years ago you have this fine line between supporting the employees the managers and the executives and you know any yes. company owners i mean Absolutely. there's always going to be that but there's a way of doing that such that you work for a win 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 result but when yeah. Push comes to shove. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. a certain person paying, you know, writing that check for you. So whether you're a 1099 person or you're a W2 person, you <laughs> got to pay attention. <laughs> that is that is very true. And I mean, as far as reputation building, um, I mean, just maintaining a positive relationship, even when something goes wrong. Um, even if you're dissolving your client relationship, um, one of my first clients, I worked with her for about a year and she wanted me, she kept adding on more things and expanding her time. And then at one point she actually wanted me to work for her full time. And I was like, I can't do that. I'm not in a position to work for you full time. Um, and then little things just started to happen as far as our relationship and like little mistakes that happened. And Um, And she needed to be in control of her assistant's time. And um, then, so, you know, at some point I had to have that conversation where it's like, hey, I think you would be benefit, I think it would benefit you if you have an assistant who's working for you full time, where you have control of their time and where they're available to you whenever you need. But I have to work with a lot of people at one time and um and i'm cool with doing like these specific things but i can't be your full-time assistant even though that's what she kept pushing for even when i said i couldn't do that but like the way that she was working for me it very much felt that way and even when we dissolved a relationship there was no bad blood between us and um i ended up getting a response back this was months later we were reaching out to schools for her to do a school visit um and she always offered to give me a commission if I booked her gigs. And somebody contacted me months later. I still passed that information on to her. She still gave me that kickback wow. percent. And then she even asked me if I would start doing stuff for her again. And I'm like, 
we can't right now. I'm like a bit too full, but it was good that even though we dissolved a relationship that she was still open to working with me and honestly seemed to kind of miss me at that point. But I mean, you know, sometimes it's just like, even like if you are dissolving a, uh, a relationship or if you're quitting a job, if you have a great reputation there for doing great work, you can always be rehired. I could be rehired at every single place that I've ever worked in my life. Um, because I've always maintained and built those relationships with people and I'm genuinely kind um, and easy to get along with, easy to work with. And I do my, I do a good job. And that's just kind of how I have grown and how I was able to um, quit the restaurant managing thing and then start working for authors full time. And as you mentioned at the very beginning, when I went out to New York city, um, I only focused on myself and my business and my business just like boomed and I ended up getting new clients by word of mouth from clients that I had before, one of which just so happened to actually be in Jersey City. Um, so like right where I was too. Wow. Um, and she's been a great client to work with as well. Um, so I mean, once you build good relationships with people and you build a good rep um, good relationship and a good um reputation people will start to refer you to other people i mean if authors specifically you know they usually know other authors and when they run into somebody else that needs help they might refer you to that person um and i have a lot of skills that i can apply to people that aren't authors even to people that are doing small business work and things like that um so basically the more skills you have and the broader um, your scope as far as just like your thought of like different types of people you can work with um, you can network out and find clients and the universe will provide like there have been random times when I'm like oh my gosh I just need like one more client this month and then like suddenly randomly somebody will call me and it'll be like oh wow okay perfect it works out <laughs> so you know just have some faith in yourself but like work really hard and be a good person and just network, talk to people, get to know people and show up to events, um, find out where your clients are hanging out and go there and see if you can meet people. And I guess I've always been an outgoing person um, for networking. So that's never been a struggle that I've had, um, but you definitely have to get out there and engage in the community around you. And if you can do that, then you grow. Well, and I think that that is so true. I mean, it you're in one of those places in life where say all of a sudden you wanted to go full time, it wouldn't take you much to get a, a one or two or three or four or five job offers for full-time work yeah. because you have focused on these three keys. And I'm just going to, these three tips that you've mentioned is, and on, underneath all of that is being customer centric. So it's creating a lasting yeah, creating a lasting positive impression, learning your craft and not feeling that you're above or beyond something is like pitching in and helping where you can. And inside of all that, you're building a reputation such that people want you around and aren't unafraid to, you know, suggest or recommend or refer you to others. So Good work, Bobby. And I think a lot of people, if they take that on, um, if they're unemployed or even underemployed and either take on a side hustle or some gig work, 
you never know where that's going to lead. It can lead to part-time work. It can lead to full-time work, or you might become a new entrepreneur business owner. So for those of you who are authors who are listening and you need help with your book, don't forget to check the comment box for info on how to contact Bobby. To wrap this up, this is Jeanette Seibley. And until next time.